third week on the new job. And then and it's the point, like, when I think I understand something, they keep throwing more at me, which is the way you want them to do it. You don't want them to throw it all at you at once. It's it's almost like the equivalent of starting with the newest Star Wars and then going backwards. You don't... I, I don't really recommend doing that. I mean, in terms of release order, that's how you would... That's how I would want to watch them in terms of quality. Sure. But <laughs> because at it the gives very you the original trilogy, I, I would I would I would avoid at all costs to start with the rise of Skywalker and then go backwards from there in number order, not by release. And okay, yeah, that would be that would be terrible. Like that would be awful. I don't know why somebody would torture themselves that way, but hey, you know what? Because if that's what you're internet, into. Someone on the internet wants to be like, yeah, I did this thing just to say I did this thing. Right. You know you know how people are. Come on, people. Yeah. What are you doing? Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! Nope. No, no, no. No superheroes here. Just Jay and John. Welcome to the nerdiest podcast you'll ever hear. They didn't ask us. Well, welcome back to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. My name is Jay, and I will be your host. So welcome to the flight. If you will pay attention to, there are four emergency exits, and the row is lit on the floor if the power should go out. Masks will come down. You can put the those on. The row is lit. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> if the mask should come down please be sure to put the mask on yourself before helping somebody else because you are no use to anybody else if you have passed out there is a flotation device that you are sitting on to give you a little glimmer of hope that we might survive a crash but if you feel the plane going down very quickly you might want to start praying I would say that escalated very quickly, but it descended very quickly there at the end. Hey. Got him. <laughs> now this, and of course, I've got my co-host. I don't have a fancy nickname for you this week. I'm sorry. I'm so disappointed. I'm drawing a blank. I don't know. Captain... Captain Coolio. If you're going to call me a rapper from the early 2000s, why would you pick Coolio? I don't know. It's early. I just watched Mandalorian because I wanted to watch it before we recorded the episode. By the way, I hope everybody had a happy Halloween. It's true. It will be past Halloween by the time this episode comes out. That's right. And we are day... now into the penultimate month of the worst freaking year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. This is uh this has been a hard year and luckily so actually, though what I was going to say while we're referencing Halloween Jay favorite Halloween candy go Oh man Kit Kat Kit Kat that's a solid one minus Twix I love Twix Are you a left Twix or a right Twix You know I feel that there's no need to politicize Twix like this I'm going to be bipartisan in the Twix debate uh, <laughs> just right down the middle open the pack eat the Twix that's where I'm at that's right. With the right with the right or left Twix debate. Hey, that sounds sounds like a good idea to me. Yeah, welcome back. Uh this is November. Welcome to November. Let's hope that November is maybe maybe things start to improve a little bit as far as the virus stuff goes. I don't know. I hope so. I'm I'm getting a little tired of it myself. I'm just ready to to move on. But you know, it's the end of the year. November and December is all we have left of 2020. We can just pray really hard that 2021 is maybe a little bit better. You know, at the same time, John, as bad as 2020 has been, like I have a new baby, that almost in itself makes my 2020 so much better. It, I mean, I can't speak to how your life is, obviously, but I mean, I, I would agree with that for you. You know, you can't say... you Well, you it would be unfair to say it's been an exclusively bad year. I will say the negativity of this year 
has been much more overpowering than years past. So finding those positives and and almost forcing yourself to focus on them is so much more important now. Focusing on just the little bit of positive that does happen. And honestly, there is more positive than what we think there is. We it's so easy to focus on the negative because the negative tends to hit you so much harder. I think that's just my personal opinion. But so yeah, focus on the focus on the positive. We've got Thanksgiving coming up. That's my favorite holiday. I love it so much. So what's your <clears throat> my voice is not awake yet. It's early Saturday morning. Um what is your favorite Thanksgiving side? See, this is a hard one because uh-huh. I just food, you know? But which would you be most upset if it was not at the potluck? Mac and cheese. Okay. If mac and cheese was absent from my table, I would be very upset. What about you? For me, I think it's, uh, we always called it stuffing, but we never stuffed it anywhere. So I guess technically it's just dressing. I'll show you where to stuff it. Yeah. Inside the turkey. Or in your mouth. Obviously, That's fair too. So did y'all ever do like something special with the stuffing or was it just, see some people call it it stuffing and some people call it dressing. I mean, neither of them are wrong. I don't think. I think it's kind of like the, like the soda pop debate. It's just largely geographic. You mean coat? There's not a third stuffing and dressing option. I'm trying to come up with one (laughs) off the cuff and I cannot. Well, you said soda and pop and most of us here in the South, we also say Coke. Well, what kind of Coke? Oh, I'll have a Sprite. Like that's not Coke. It's true. Well, I mean, it is because it's, it's owned by the Coca-Cola corporation, (sighs) but if you really want to split hairs, come at me, bro. <laughs> what Cokes do you have? Oh, we only carry Pepsi. Right. What Cokes do you have? I feel like at that point, that's when I'm just like, okay, well, what what do you have? And I just take the term out of the question entirely. The, so, the baseline has been established. We all know what I'm asking. So, do you, so are you a true Southerner and you actually say that? It depends on where I am. And a lot of times, like there's a lot of evidence when someone asks me if I'm a true Southerner, that answer would be no, but... I don't know. I have weird food opinions. Like, I only really like Coke from McDonald's because McDonald's Coke hits different. But other than that, I feel like regular cola, I would prefer Pepsi. Did you know, fun fact for the day, that the ingredients or the way that the Coca-Cola actually comes out of the machine at McDonald's is actually different than anywhere else? I've heard that, and I've heard it explained to me what the difference is, but I have always forgotten it, only to remember, like, yeah, there's a reason it hits different. I'm not just making that up, because you can say that, and people will think, like, yeah, it's Coke. It's the same thing. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm Dikembe Mutombo finger-wagging at the webcam. But obviously this is an audio podcast and you can't hear that. What if I wave what if I wave my finger really hard at the microphone? I think we might have gotten something there. I think I th- yeah. I think I heard I think a little wind. Haunted. I think this is now a haunty podcast. Yeah, it's the uh the syrup content in the McDonald's Coke is actually heavier and more mm. of it because they factor in the ice that goes into the cup and how it's gonna melt and put more water into it. So there you go. The more you know. The more the little star going across anyway uh so news this week don't have a whole lot of news uh i don't know if i'm going to cut out the beginning of what we just said but to start things off on a really sad note sean connery has passed away at the age of 90 that's a we we woke up to that this morning I was checking Twitter. I was like, dead gummit. Famously was, I consider to be the best James Bond. I need to rewatch more of his, more of his movies because I mean, obviously I've seen, you know, Brosnan and Daniel Craig so much more recently. So I have recency bias with them and I do want to, want to, you know, go into that debate further. But I would say, I mean, for me personally, it's him and Daniel Craig. Yeah, me too. Two best ones, two very different Bonds. But Sean Connery kind of brought the uh, smooth, um, calm, cool, collect kind of agent, whereas Craig brought parkour. I mean, there's more to it than that, but yeah, that is kind of how it breaks down. Sean Connery, because he was the first, I guess the first cinematic Bond, mm-hmm. I don't know, I think there was someone who played Bond before, but not on this scale. He more or less established what the role was going to be, and I mean, even once he left, they were like, oh no, this isn't right, uh, bring him back. I mean, I feel like that's kind of, I mean, that that to me almost defines his tenure as Bond more than anything else, the fact that he was so associated with the role they had this plan to move on from actor to actor, and then they still brought him back anyway. 
It's impressive. So, I mean, I know, I think Roger Moore is the one who ends up having the most movies, but when you say James Bond, people either think, you know, the James Bond that they had when they were growing up, or Connery. I don't feel like there's much of an in-between there. But so yeah, that's... We, we talked about it a little bit before um, we started recording this morning. We were just kind of shooting the breeze. Hey, hi, how you doing? It was It was definitely an ambush this morning, but also, he was 90, and, you know, it makes you think, like, 90 is a full life. So you just, I know he kind of dropped off the face of the earth after League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is so upsetting because that movie is not good, but it's enjoyable. And that was 2003, I think. So the last 17 years of his life, he was more or less out of the the public eye. And, you know, you just hope that the things he he did with his time were very satisfying. I believe they were. He had a very successful career. Of course, you don't know what happens behind the scenes. You don't know what's going on in an actor's personal life, but I'd say he's probably doing pretty good for himself. I hope so. And I mean, ultimately, I mean, kind of like I told Jay earlier, it, it's his life. And for, for 99% of people, our opinions wouldn't have mattered to him. But, you know, you just hope that he, he went out knowing like, yeah, you know, I was Sean freaking Connery. Like, I lived my life. Had, had he been fighting an illness or something, or was it just he was 90? You know, it didn't say. The article didn't say. Yeah, I'm not sure. Either way, very successful. We will always be able to remember him for all the movies he did, all the roles he played, all the impersonations that he spawned. Live forever. But news this week I actually don't have a lot of news. The only big news that I have that I saw is there's been a video game for those that don't know at home. We've talked about it. By talked about it, I mean like we've mentioned it a couple times. But it's called Cyberpunk 2077. This game was supposed to come out, what, last year? Early last year? Um, I don't know about early last year. I would, th- I would have thought roughly around this time last year. Okay, so about holiday 2019. It got delayed, and then it got delayed again, and then finally they said, okay, for sure it's coming out this November, and it's been delayed again. Although, of all the delays, this is the one that I feel the best about, because I've been following this with decent closeness. So, Cyberpunk 2077 is this massive, massive RPG undertaking by CD Projekt Red, which, if you're unfamiliar, um, they made this game called The Witcher 3. It's supposed to be one of the greatest games. Just bar none, a beautiful, beautiful, expansive game. And they're taking that same concept to the cyberpunk world. You know, they just want to get this game perfect. I mean, I said it with Black Widow. I've said it with another, uh, whatever the Bond movie is called, Another Day to Die or something. No Time to Die. That's what it's called. Die Another um, Day. Wait, no, that's another one. No, that's not it. <laughs> um, if the delays are to make it better then I'm fine with it. I would rather wait a year and receive a finished product than have them release a glorified beta test. Yeah. And in that mold, what? so it's just a three-week delay this time, moving it from the middle of November to, I think, December 10th is the scheduled release now. And the reason CD Projekt Red said that they're delaying it is to optimize it on each of the different platforms. So in addition, so if it had come out last year... They wouldn't have really had to worry about that yet um, because the new Xbox, the new PlayStation wouldn't have been released. Mm -hmm. But since they are released, they're like, well, while we're here finishing up this game, let's go ahead and make it so it can be almost a launch title for these consoles. And then there are new like PC graphics cards coming out, so they want to try to maximize the the capabilities of these various platforms and if it's only going to take them three weeks to do that with this massive enterprising game then i'm on board i had i still have very high expectations for this game i mean it looks i i hadn't actually been paying attention to it much at all until recently and i've been looking up some stuff on it and it does look like it's going to be a lot of fun uh because i guess you're going to be customizing your character through the whole game you know, giving him new parts and that are going to enhance the person. Almost like a, um, what's that game that they've just kept re-releasing? Uh, Grand Theft Auto. Oh, I was going to say Skyrim. Oh, well, yeah, that one too. <laughs> but Grand Theft Auto, it's almost going to be like Grand Theft Auto, but more technologically advanced. Like, that's but what it feels like more, to me. But also more of an RPG, because even Grand Theft Auto, it's open world, but it's still fairly linear. 
That's true, yeah. So it's just I, I'm very excited for for Cyberpunk. I probably won't get into it because I have such a backlog of games I also want to play. Dude, me too. But I'll be I will be watching people at launch. Well, probably at launch, just to see like to see this game, the graphics of it, the content of it. You know, kind of what to expect. Um, because what what would be the meta? From like an FPS, you don't really worry about so much in an RPG. Like an RPG, you play it however you personally want to play it. Uh, so that's going to be something exciting looking or going forward. Well, that is all I had as far as news goes. John, did you have anything else? Not especially. Uh, I was going to mention the, the Connery thing if you hadn't seen it when you got up. But not especially. I've been more focused recently on, on Nashville Soccer Club. Uh, they clinched the playoffs and their expansion season and we're all very excited about it so that's been more where my focus has been outside of work and they have a match tonight right they do they they have a match on halloween against the chicago fire which has got to be one of the most unfortunate team names in american sports because it's not like that's you know a tragedy or anything had a fire and it was quite tragic (laughs) it is unfortunate did they think that went through before they did that that's the thing. I imagine they did, and they were just, like, kind of memeing it, but, like, 20 years ago, before memes were a thing. That'd be like if they, if if um, Tennessee's football name wasn't the Volunteers, and it was just the Tennessee football team. Like, oh, no, it's a tragic event. Why would you name it after that? That was a poorly developed shot at the University of Tennessee. Deal with it. Oh, man. I don't even want to think about that right now. Gosh. <laughs> That Alabama game was terrible. This this is their year, Jay. This is their year. Oh my gosh, I was so it's so sad. Well, then the Titans too. You know that's another team that I follow very closely. And I'm not going to say that they played bad on Sunday. I mean they did pretty good, but to lose by missing a field goal is just pitiful. Absolutely pitiful. Because the um, I I mean he kicked the ball, it missed. And even the Steelers, like they were all on the sideline and they all, their mouths just dropped. Are you serious? Did that guy actually just miss the field goal? Did we just win the game because of that? This is crazy. But the Titans, I thought they played pretty good. I was, I was pretty impressed with them. No longer undefeated, but. So that was your, uh, they didn't ask a sports update. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. I just. Uh... <laughs> no, it's my fault. I opened the door. You, we just. Uh... You did. Kool-Aid man right through it. <laughs> oh man. We'll we'll get off we'll get off the sports now. So why don't we go ahead and do usually we save this for the end, uh, but let's do the what you doing right now, uh, and then we'll get into our main topic. So John, I'm gonna ask you, what okay. you doing? What you doing? Um well, by the time this comes out, uh this event will be over, but Warzone has had a really cool haunting of Verdansk event over its map. And, um, they have, so there's a lot of different named places on the Warzone map. They picked 16 of them, I guess 15 named locations and the train. And they put geo-locked loot in boxes inside of the game. So if you get all 16, you unlock a free gun, or a free version of one of the better guns in the game. But you aren't guaranteed to get it, you have to keep looting and looting and looting. But they called it a trick-or-treat event because you might get the treat or you might get jump-scared. You gotta risk it for the biscuit there. I got it, I think, the middle of this past week. I was just kind of trying to help my friends out and have them get it. Um, but the event was super cool. They turned it into a night map. They added a type of zombies mode when you could come back once you were killed and try to help your team that way. And it was a really, really cool LTM which is is limited time mode um, for for someone who does not necessarily play as many games as I do. But that was a lot of fun. Mandalorian started last night with with one episode, and I talked a lot of smack to one of my friends because he hadn't even finished last season yet. And I was like, come on, man, it's been a year. Uh, get get right or get left. And that's been that's been pretty much it. You know, the the Warzone event was for two weeks, and I really wanted to get that thing, so I poured a lot of focus into it. What about you, Jay? What you been doing? Well, not a whole lot. I've been working a lot. We've had um, a lot go on recently. The school that I work at, the school system shut down on Wednesday. 
and they're going to be out until November 11th. So uh, still working virtually, but it makes it very different when you do that. Um, So working from home again, and other than that, I've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption 2, and I also downloaded the Shadows of War, which is the sequel to Shadows of Mordor, and I started playing that, and I love it. It's a lot of fun. Um, it really is like old Assassin's Creed, not the new Assassin's Creed, but the old one. The controls are very similar, um, but it's a lot of fun. And um, so that's what I've been doing gaming-wise. But I have, I'm kind of like you. I've got so many games now on my system that like I'm not going to need to buy anything else for a while. Like yeah. I, I've got a lot of content. So you, you saying that you've been playing... Um, the second Shadow of Mordor game reminded me they announced uh, free games for PlayStation Plus for November, including the first free PS5 game. Kind of took me a second to digest. Um, Hollow Knight, which is is a very fairly well regarded game, and Middle Earth Shadow of War is free for PlayStation in November. Wow! So adding another game to my backlog because it's free and I can't turn it down. And it's I mean, fun. I could. I could, but like, why would I? You know, that's free. Uh, but other than that, we've been uh, we've been watching a show on Amazon Prime called Fortitude. Um, it's very different, but the acting was pretty good. The story was really, really good up until the last like three episodes, and then there was a lot of stuff that happened that it felt like they just did it just because they needed the story to move along instead of it happening happening organically i guess but there's a second season i don't know if we're going to watch it we're kind of a little hesitant to just because there was a lot of really dumb stuff that happened in the last few episodes that we were like this may not be any good for a second season but we'll find out let's see other than that yeah mandalorian just came out watch that actually this morning but anyway yeah that's what i've been up to List- listeners what have you been up to playing watching listening to let us know. Oh, I was going to try to door the explorer that. Oh. <laughs> oh, what is, what is that? Oh, that sounds fun. Okay. Just try to not be as condescending as a children's show. But, you know, <laughs> since we're here, since we brought it up, uh John, how could they get in touch with us to tell us what they're doing? Oh, man, if they wanted to reach out to us, they could reach out to us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash they didn't ask us. Um, you can comment on any of our stuff. Actually, please comment on some of our stuff. We would love to try to generate some of that conversation. Um, you could DM us there, uh, reach out to us, any questions, concerns, comments you may have. Um, if you don't want a Facebook DM or you're one of the people who are not on Facebook for reasons of your own, you could email us, they didn't ask us at gmail.com no spaces no punctuation in the in the url there you can re- leave us a voice message on our anchor profile it's 2020 everyone loves voicemail for a chance to be featured on a future episode if that is something that you would be interested in that is at anchor.fm slash they didn't ask us and the the show has an instagram right we sure do okay because i'm i'm not on instagram so i have no idea that's that's got to be 100 percent jay um, and is it just Instagram.com slash they didn't ask us? Yep. They didn't ask us. Okay. That's it. Does Instagram actually have a, like a, a website component or is it just an app? They have a website component, but you can't really do anything on the website. Okay. So like you can do some stuff like you can follow and like, but you can't post anything. Mm. You can only post through the app. Well, there you go. There you go. Thank you, John. Um, you got it. Let's go ahead and move on into the the main thing that we're talking about today, which is comic books. Yay! Are we not going to do the one episode recap from Mandalorian? <clears throat> do you want to do that first, or do you want to do that last? It's like a it's like an appetizer. I feel like before the on the entree. Oh, I okay. said before the encore, and I was like, no, that's not what any of this is. Words are hard when you're not awake yet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mandalorian. Uh, Mandalorian season two, episode one. They actually called it chapter. Nine, they're actually just kind of continuing on. Like it really is just a continuation of the first season. So chapter nine, the Marshall Disney Plus. I was trying so hard to not get excited for this season because I didn't want my hopes to be crushed, and they're going to be crushed. 
because I'm so excited after watching this first episode. I agree. I'm so scared. Oh, man, it was awesome. We are not a spoiler-free podcast. Just FYI, for those that maybe this is your first episode. So why don't we... um, So if you don't want any spoilers for this episode, I would recommend pausing the show and going to watch the episode for yourself. Or you could skip. I'm not going to put a time code, so I guess you're just going to have to... You could skip the free bread at the restaurant and go straight to the entree. That's an American restaurant joke. I don't imagine other... You know, countries around the world have an obsession with carbs that we do. Yeah. So, or you could just go ahead and listen to the spoilers. That's fine too. Or you could you could skip. I'm not going to put a time code because I'm lazy and I don't want to do that. So you could just fast forward, skip like the I think the button's like 10 seconds or 30 seconds or something like that. You could skip until you hear comic books. I guess. Yeah. It's up to you. Uh, I, I'll leave it up to you. All right. We're going to continue in three. Two, one. Luke Skywalker comes back and <laughs> Darth Vader shows up ghost. fighting Darth Maul and then Ahsoka kills Darth Vader. What? Oh my gosh, that was a crazy episode. Nah, that was ridiculous, man. It was a really good episode. It started out, you know, kind of reintroducing the character, the main character, Mando, with the child. Or also known as Baby Yoda. Let's say I don't know what planet they were on, but in the dark, there were some pretty scary looking monsters, even though all you just saw some, was their red eyes. Just some little beasties. Yeah, little beasties that ate the, the, the Cyclops, fight, fighting ring Cyclops, yeah, owner. I So I really enjoyed that scene. I feel like it was a great kind of, like you said, reintroduction to the character of the Mandalorian. So he he has a name now, but I have forgotten it. So I'm just going to keep calling him Mando. He At the end of season one, he's tasked with reuniting Baby Yoda with his people, which um, no one in Star Wars is going to know really where or how to help with that. So he's just trying to find other Mandalorians to try to help him in that sense. And um, he, he knows that, okay, this one guy should know where there's another Mandalorian. And he goes to try to get that information. The guy tries to kill him and steal his armor. So obviously the Mandalorian kills everybody in there uh, because that's what he does. Interrogates is the word I'm going to use. It seems the most accurate. He interrogates the the guy for his information, says there's a guy, or there's a Mandalorian at this city on Tatooine. Mando goes, I spent a lot of time on Tatooine last season. He didn't say last season, but we all knew it was there. And he was like, I've never heard of that place. He got the information, and he just left the dude to get eaten by the beasties in the dark. So he goes back to Tatooine, and he's like, yeah, no, I've still never heard of this place. And the the lady from season one was like, yeah, that's because it got destroyed. Um, It's kind of there, but kind of not. So she shows him where to go. He goes. He's sitting in the bar, and this dude in Boba Fett's armor walks in, and we're all just like, ugh. <gasps> Because at the same time, we like if you've been following the castings and the rumors and everything, you know it's not Boba Fett. And when he walks into the bar, you also know it's not Boba Fett because you can tell it doesn't really fit him. Like yeah. He's wearing it, and he wears it well, I will say. He did. But it, it was not made for him. So he gets there, and the Mandalorian's like, oh man, I found him. Until the guy orders a drink, sits down, and just takes the helmet off. Yep. Which, doesn't if you follow season one, you know that's a huge deal in Mandalorian culture. So he's just like, yeah, I'm going to have to kill you and take that armor now. And the the guy, it's Timothy Oliphant, uh, who I know from Live Free or Die Hard, which is a really weird thing to know him from. But he's, what, what show was he? He was on Justified, right? Yes. He was, he was the lead of Justified for, I think, its entire run. I don't know. I never watched the show. So he sits down. And he's just really casual about it. He's like, you're going to try to kill me now, aren't you? And Mando's like, yeah. And they have this really intense, like, we're going to shoot each other in this bar and one of us is walking away uh, until there's this massive earthquake and there's like a, what do they call it? A crate dragon? Yeah. I think it's like K-Y-A, no, K-R-A-Y-T, crate dragon. It's just like a, like if you combined a slug and a mole and um, anabolic steroids, you get this, this thing. So it 
created the it was the earthquake just moving around through the town it ate a bantha whole which for those of you who are even original trilogy the bantha is the the woolly elephant-like creature the um, tuscans ride around with on tatooine and it just devoured it whole so mando's like yeah that thing's a problem and and timothy oliphant's like i'll give you the armor if you help me kill it and he's like, okay, yeah, I'm on board. I kill things. That's that's cool. And boy, does so he. They, oh, my gosh. So they, they hunt the thing. They're going toward it. And they get ambushed is the wrong word, but, like, not the wrongest word. They get set upon by a group of Tusken Raiders. And um, I need to find this dude's dadgum character name because I just keep calling him his actor, and that's not fair. But what I like about this episode in particular is one thing that the the whole show's kind of been alluding to is that this is like a Western and Mando is like this bounty hunter from the Old West. And so they have a lot of like Western tropes. Is that what you would call it? That is what I would call it because when they were walking around in, uh, let's see, I have the episode synopsis pulled up. Mos Pelgo is the name of the town. You could straight up hear them walking with spurs. Yeah. You know, that like distinct jingle that spurs have ching, when you walk with ching, them. Ching. And so I was like, oh, okay. Perfect yeah, it's still a Western. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have gone that far, but leave your life. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, marshal, the marshal's name is Cobb Vanth. Like Corn Cobb Vanth. And he has his own sordid history with the Tuscans. Um, believe it or not, settlers and Tuscans don't get along. Um, but you they need say. to band together to, to kill the monster. Who'd have thunk, right? No one expected that. Well, it was a perfect Western setup where you have indigenous peoples and the settlers that come in and they have their disagreements, but they have a greater threat. And so they're able to set aside their differences and work together to try to defeat this thing. But at the same time, I've never seen a Western when it's like, yep, the uh, the cowboys and the natives united to defeat Cthulhu. Like, I've never seen that. You've never seen cowboys and aliens. It's true. I haven't. Eventually, through, you know, conflict and everything, the, the settlers and the Tuscans unite, and they're like, all right, you know, this is our only chance. We're going to try to kill this thing, and if we're successful... All right, so either this, this thing kills us all, and it doesn't matter anymore, or we kill the thing, and we live in peace with the Tuscans. Hey. So it's like it's a it's a win win. After the initial plan was a failure, uh, they did kill the thing, and it was very exciting. And then Mandalorian loads up Boba Fett's armor, and and Cobb Vanth is like, I hope we meet again. And Mandalorian's like, honestly, me too. Like you're you're a cool dude. Um, and he speeder bikes off into the distance, and then they do that long zoom out. When you're just like, oh, this is going to be really cool because they're going to show the scenery. In addition to showing the scenery, someone walks into the shot and it is just this heavily scarred, beat up Django Fett clone. It's not confirmed that it's Boba, but it's Boba. It has to be. (laughs) Because all of the other clones had that like enhanced aging to get them ready for combat faster. And canonically, he's the only one that doesn't. It's got to be, right? I don't know. It's gotta be. Could be. Man. I don't know. I'm curious to see what it is. I don't know. I, I know they'll... I hope they explain it this season. I hope that's not one of those things they... <laughs> it's just a one-off. They they give us this, like, hint at, hey, here's this person, and then next thing you know, like, they never talk about it. It doesn't come up to like, next season. That would be upsetting. That would be... I mean, I wouldn't enjoy it, but part of me would enjoy it because it's like man that's such a tease yeah yes it is um other other thing of note uh this episode was written directed and produced by john favreau who i think technically has the term of showrunner for the mandalorian yeah he's Um, kind of the one that's pieced everybody together so he's the he's one of the guys i'm not gonna say he's the guy because i think filoni dave filoni is still involved in some capacity but directorially one of the biggest names attached to this project um 100 percent. so what was your you you just watched this what was your initial reaction my initial reaction was oh my gosh i'm so excited yeah that was that was me and then by the end of it i was still like 
oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Like, there was never a point where I was like, oh man, I don't know about this. But it was, it was good. It was very good. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. The, um, I like this new character. I really do hope he comes back because he's like the perfect. I mean, he pretty much just played his character from Justified, really. But he needs to come back and do this character some more. I would really enjoy yeah, that. I'm a hundred percent down for that. I think I think the only like recurring character from season one that I thought was better than him already was Cara Dune. I thought she's a really really strong character, but most everybody else, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this this Cobb Vanth character is probably one of the strongest ones. I would be. I'm and depending on how long they're on Tatooine in this season, because season one they did bounce around a lot. Um, you know, I could see him being a, a decently important player because now, I mean, Mando has an ally out there if he ever needs somebody. That's right. But yeah, he, uh, good character, good building is great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what happens. There's so many different directions they could go. So I'm not even going to try to guess which direction this is all going to go. I do like how you can already tell that there's a little bit the, the, the child and Mando are a lot closer this season uh, because even when he was on Tatooine, like he never carried the child in the little pod. He was just in his like shoulder bag the whole time. So to me, that just kind of shows that they're, they're getting closer and they're trusting each other a lot more, understanding each other a lot more. That's what that said to me anyway. It's definitely going to be interesting going forward when you look at, you know, the the dynamic between Mandalorian and the child. Because like you've said, it used to be like, yeah, he was always there, but he was always a little behind. And like you've said, he's much more, in terms of proximity, closer to the Mandalorian now. So that's a that's a good a good shout from you noticing that. Um, I, I feel like I had noticed it, but like absorbed it. So it's like, it hadn't really clicked. Um, I'm glad you brought that up, Jay. That's, that's a, that's a good one. Well, thank you. Well, I guess we should rate it. Uh, we'll just do a scale of one to 10. I'd hate to give it a 10, but I want to give it a 10. So I'm going to give it a 10. It's a 10 out of 10 in my book. It was really good. I'm, I'm going to give it a solid nine just because I've previously discussed I'm very antsy of giving things tens and I have in the past and I don't want I don't want to become that guy on this pod when it's like I liked it it's a 10 like I don't want to be that guy I'm struggling to think of criticisms right now I just don't think it had that oomph for me to be a true 10 so a 10 out of 10 a 9.5 if you look at both of our ratings I'd say that's fair all right well on to the main course. Are you too? Indeed, are you indeed. too full? Do you need? Do you need a little break before we? It depends. Are we talking like cheesecake factory breads or like um, Texas Roadhouse bread? Texas Roadhouse bread is wonderful. Um, I'm thinking more like O'Charlie's. Okay, so similar to Texas Roadhouse, but with inferior butter. Yes. Okay. And also difficult to cut. It is impossible you you... to cut open the rolls at you mean O'Charlie's. You cut open an O'Charlie's roll and don't eat it whole in one bite? Nope. Oh, okay. Okay. You do you. Uh, I, I like to enjoy examine. my food. The main course for today is comic books. Uh, what sparked this was actually we had a friend of the show who reached out and said, hey guys, we there there's so many comics out there. And for somebody who doesn't have time to read all of them, which ones would you recommend? Which ones would you say are the ones that you should choose and read just those to give you a, a good story and something that you can enjoy from beginning to end? And so I suggested it to John, and he said that sounds like an excellent idea. So this is a list of our favorite comic books that we think that you should read because they have the best story. They're, they're, they're the best ones to, to pick out, in our opinion. So this is to lead you to... I would just say, like, these are, these are our thoughts, but at the same time, like, no two people... Like, if, if there was a Venn diagram of uh, people's interests, no two people's interests completely overlap. Right. So what I like, Jay might not necessarily like, and what Jay likes, I might not like, and that's going to be true for y'all as well. Um, so these are our opinions. These are things we like, uh, characters we like. We might not, you know, care for certain other characters. 
So um, my thought before we really get going is if there's a character that you know you like, just try to take a second, even if you don't have time to like full-on research like who's the best writer and artist and like creative person in this era um just try to find the best runs of your preferred so like i've never gotten into x-men but if i was gonna get into x-men i would start with the joss whedon run because like critically i've only heard good things about it the the things that he did the events that he had um i feel like he he did it very well but i've never read it so i can't truly recommend it now that said, Jay, what would be, if someone came to you and said, I want to read a graphic novel, pick one for me, what would you say? The Dark Knight Returns. Really? I would. That sounded a lot more aggressive than I meant it to. I meant it to be like, really? But it was like, really? Come on, man. Like, I didn't mean to do it like <laughs> that. Pity the fool. Um, <laughs> so what, it, let's say, quick, quick review, maybe not synopsis, but quick review why does that stand out so much to you? There's a few reasons. One is the art style. It is a very unique art style. It's very different from anything else that was being made at that time. Second is it's a very gritty, very dark story of Batman. It was, just sorry to interject, it was Frank Miller, right? It was. Okay, so that explains gritty and dark. Yep. Uh. Gritty, dark, <laughs> You know, there's some stuff that happens in it that you're kind of like, hmm, so this Batman might possibly be a kind of Batman that kills people, you know? He's not your typical Batman where he's going to restrain himself from completely annihilating somebody. Um, And then on top of that, I like that there's also a fight between Batman and Superman. And not like a staged one either. Like, they go at it. Like, it's a full-fledged, like, battle. Very well-planned and strategically planned by Bruce. And uh, and at the very end, you know, Batman kind of holds Superman in his arms and is like, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm doing this to remind you that... I can kill you if I wanted to. And then just kind of throws him down and is like, such a power play. Don't mess with me, bro. And so that was really cool. And in that version, Superman is thinking that he's all high and mighty and better than everybody else. And so it really, what it ends up doing in the long run is it humbles him and makes him realize, okay, yeah, I need to be careful. (laughs) Need to get off my high horse. So I really like that run, and there was even a third one that he released uh, called Master Race, and a lot of people didn't like it, but I enjoyed it too. Um, I thought it it did well in just kind of wrapping it all up, uh, and it and it's unique as well. For clarification, these are more or less standalone books. You would not be able to get them like one issue at a time if you were trying to go to go comic wise in that sense is that correct correct yeah they're they are graphic novels so you would so they're standalone graphic novels that are not they're not connected yeah they're not canon they're not connected to the rest of the universe frank miller has his own batman universe which is almost more freeing in that sense because there's so much more creative freedom you don't have to be like what happened three or four eight years ago that I need to take into account with these creative decisions. You can just be like, no, this is my universe and what I want to happen happens. Mm -hmm. He actually, he even brings in a female Robin. So, you know, it's, it's very different. Yeah. That's uh, probably my top. That would be my top one. Yeah. What about for you? Okay. It's so, it's so tricky for me because there are runs that I love um, where they were for a time. They were Canon. Um, If I were going to recommend one single graphic novel like a collection of issues and say this is where i would jump off i would say new 52 aquaman volume one it was so i this was around the time when i was getting into comic books with my roommates in college new 52 had just kind of reset the dc universe a comic book store in nashville and we were like so if these are the types of things we like what should we get and the guy at the store was like honestly dude don't knock it but you should get Aquaman. And I was like, kind of like it was the it was before Aquaman was cool. So he was like I was like, Aquaman, you're you're kidding with me. And he was like, No, like for real. 
the the guy who writes it, Jeff Johns, has gone on to become like the chief creative person for DC. So he he initially at that time he wrote Justice League and Aquaman, and this was on the back of his he was finishing up his run on Green Green Lantern, which he had written for like a decade. So the the creative power is there. I want to say Ivan Reese was the the artist at the time, but Aquaman New Fifty Two Volume One establishes the character and takes him out of like meme realm and i mean obviously he's gone on to be you know momoa and this not cultural phenomenon but like he's not a laughing stock anymore i wouldn't say um and and for me that process from zero to hero started with new 52 volume one yeah i've never read that myself but i'd be willing to check it out I have it here somewhere. I'll just need to, to dig it up and get it to you. Because it's, it's actually really cool. One of the things that he did, because he wrote Aquaman and Justice League, I think it's the, the third edition of, the third bound volume of Justice League, but the second bound volume of Aquaman was called the Throne of Atlantis event. And essentially, it, it, was, it was animated somewhat close to after it after it released as a Justice League event. And that was really cool for me. Um, because it was a Justice League event centered around Aquaman. Like I said, when he was a meme, you would have never seen that. And essentially, it's it's roughly the same plot as the Aquaman movie, um, but on a much grander, more involved heroes scale. So I would I would definitely recommend just that that run for sure. That is awesome. Now, what about what do you think is a really good run of comics that people should read like a whole series do you have one of those i have two of well i'll take the easy path out i have three of those okay all right so i do think i've read i didn't i haven't read all of it obviously um because it's just this massive massively long plot but i've read a really good chunk of the walking dead okay and i mean personally i recommend it um it's always really cool for me to to sit back and read something and watch something and kind of look at the differences between them. So, I mean, obviously, I, I stopped watching The Walking Dead a couple of years ago um, when it just got too dissimilar from the plots that I had known. And, I mean, that tells you a little bit right there. They they do branch off. They're, they're so good. The, the bits of it that I remember having read, I haven't read it recently, but the bits of it that I remember reading are very, very good. And they're accessible, you know, most places, whether it's like Barnes and Noble or Books a Million, like you, you should be able to find most of these things we're recommending, but Walking Dead is, I guess at this point was such a cultural event. It was very accessible. So that's going to be the first one I'll recommend just because it should be the easiest to find. Um, my next one is going to be the Ed Brubaker run on Captain America. He was the writer for The Winter Soldier. He, from what I understand, created the character. Um, he wrote through uh, Civil War and the death of Captain America, the trial of Captain America and the death of Captain America. And he just had these massive, massive events. And creatively, they were done so well. So I would recommend just the entire... I want to say it was like the early to mid-2000s run of Captain America with, with Brubaker. It was so good. And then I just referenced it before, um, the Jeff Johns run on Green Lantern. Because when he took over Green Lantern, it was kind of a punchline. Like, he wasn't really the the comic book player that we know he is today. And he just kind of brings the, the book itself from nothing to one of the marquee books, at least from when, when I was reading them. And it's just such a long, long run. Like, it is, it is probably like 10 years that he wrote this one book, which is incredible. And I have read every single issue of Green Lantern he wrote, and they're excellent. Because he goes through these massive Green Lantern events. He does write mostly Hal Jordan, but obviously when you have these crossover events, you have all the Lanterns, or you have, you know, more... I don't know if he has true like Justice League events, but he has a lot going on because I mean he wrote it for a decade, so those would be my my three extended runs to recommend. 
Well, that last one that you had, I actually wrote down as like just to mention that his run of Green Lantern is really good. I haven't read all of it, but I have read bits and pieces of it that he did over those 10 years, and they are very good. He's a very good writer. Um, I will I will also say the um, with the advent of Gotham Knights coming out, the Court of Owls is going to be a player in that. And the Court of Owls, to me at least, came about in, again, the New 52 um, Batman universe. So they kind of had a, a thing with the New 52 when similar families of comics would interact more in the same in the same realm. And um, they had a, a really big crossover event called Night of the Owls, which isn't necessarily a run as much as it is they collected a single issue from like eight different comics and put them all together in terms of this creates a somewhat linear plot. It's just how the Court of Owls interacts with um, everyone in the Batman universe. So I would definitely recommend that event. Um, but also the Scott Snyder Batman run in New 52 was really, really good up until zero year personally zero year kind of lost me but yeah i i enjoyed scott snyder's work on batman very much yeah i don't think i i don't know if i ever read any of his stuff my comic runs that i think everybody should check out so kind of what got me into comic books was spider-man a long time ago and so uh what i started with was ultimate spider-man and ultimate spider-man is a comic run that I recommend reading the whole thing, the whole series. It ran from 2000 to 2011, but it's the run that introduced Miles Morales. Uh, so that that itself is really cool, and I just I really enjoyed it. It was the one that kind of got me started. Uh, it really got me interested. And then kind of a spinoff from that, because in one of the issues, they talk about this clone Spider-Man. He was known as the Scarlet Spider. And so I looked into that one as well. It's an older series, but it's also very good. Um, he's a very interesting character. At first, he's just a clone, and he's trying to figure out his identity and who he is. But Spider-Man actually, Peter Parker, ends up going away for a little while. And so in his absence, uh, this clone, who goes by Ben Riley, uh, he takes on the mantle and is known as the scarlet spider first off i love his costume he's got it's just a scarlet colored costume and then he wears a blue sweatshirt that has a big black spider on it and it's one of my favorite costumes of the Spider-Verse. I just pulled it up. It's an exceptionally 90s costume. Yes, it is. Yes, and I it don't is. mean that in a bad way. It's just like, that's what it looks like to me. Yep. Uh, but that that was one of my favorites. So I recommend that run as well. So I read all of those. Uh, I think it's also, it's normally titled as The Web of Scarlet Spider, but it's also got the title of The Clone Saga. And then the only other run that I really recommend is the Mark Wade run of Daredevil. He took over Daredevil after Frank Miller did his Daredevil. You look like you had something to say. I did. You reminded me of a of a good run that I loved. Because Frank Miller's Daredevil, as we've already established before, Frank Miller is very dark and gritty, and his version of Daredevil was, like, horrific. He really was, like... A demon almost where he just killed and he was just this murderous lunatic almost now the mark wade run kind of brings the character back and makes him more colorful more funny more more of that classic marvel look that you're used to one thing that i think is very distinct between dc and marvel is dc tends to be a lot darker grittier tends to have some you know, some pretty heavy stuff will happen. Marvel is typically much brighter, colorful, happy, kind of geared more for kids almost. So Marvel, so that run of Daredevil, I feel like fits the character the best, but I really enjoyed that one. And then, so that was my three for comic runs that you should do or check out. You talking about Daredevil reminded me this was a it was a th a short run compared to some of the others we've talked about. It was 2012 to 2015. Um but I think his name was Matt Fraction. 
just an excellent Hawkeye run. Oh yeah, I remember that one. It was so good. I think I have it in in single issues around here somewhere, which means that I'm going to reread it at some point. Or should I reread it, or should I just leave them in their sleeves and get the bound volumes? Ooh, good question. Because so this this Hawkeye number seven, I'm on the Marvel website. It has the hurricane a hurricane logo on it, and I want to say that might have been around the time Sandy went through. Um, the Northeast. So they had these these events that happened in real life that they kind of address in the book. And I think this might be the one when he goes deaf, so he learns sign language. I think that might have been this run. Interesting. I can't I can't confirm that was this run or not, but I know that is something that happened to Hawkeye was that he went deaf and learned sign language. So again, I mean we we briefly touched on it with X-Men, but like for representation purposes, that's super cool. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go back and reread that for sure. Well, to wrap up, do you have any um honorable mentions? Um I do, but they're mainly like characters that I love. So me recommending them would not carry the same weight as someone objective recommending them. Um we've talked about before the Under the Red Hood event yes so so jason todd is one of my favorite i'll I'll definitely say one of my favorite dc characters probably one of my favorite characters overall so jumping off with under the red hood and even going into his solo series it's a character that i like very much so i'm obviously biased and that same sentiment carries towards the winter soldier because in the event of brubaker creating the winter soldier for captain america he also spun him off with a solo series because duh uh (laughs) i also think brubaker had an iron fist run that was a little bit shorter um than some of his other ones but i mean he's a he's a quality writer in my opinion so honestly that's the trickiest thing for me is being loyal maybe more to writers than to um characters so and i know the the original question from the friend of the show was i don't have time to look something up recommend something for me and that's a a a very tldr-ness of it there in in things where there are so many different iterations of a character specifically something like spider-man because you have amazing you have ultimate you have regular you have all of these different spot like find one you've got superior where it's literally doc ock has possessed the the mind volume of superior spider-man I love the first volume of Superior so much. So if it's something like that, when it's confusing and there's so many different versions of the same character, or if it's, you know, maybe something more like, um, like Batman, when he's been around for so long, you don't really know where to start and that's intimidating. Just try to find the, the big events. So like how Jay and I read the long Halloween, it's not a current plot, but it's had this staying power. Yeah. So that would be kind of my thought there of just these events that they're like, it's not recent, but it's still relevant. Yeah, it was, it was big enough that it's still good to read it. Even if it's out of context of the bigger picture, there was some other advice I was going to have just an honorable mention. I would have, uh, I've got two. One is the earth one Superman by J Michael alphabet soup stars, Starzinski. I think is, right. is how you say his name, but his Earth One Superman I thought was really good. Um, I would actually I would actually go so far as to recommend the Earth Ones in general. Yeah, um, because like we like we said with the Frank Miller Batman, it's it's a resetting of the universe. Yeah, as kind of not a not a true one off, but it's a known separate entity. That's why it's they're all called Earth One because the the thought that DC has. DC operates with a multiverse system, which is confusing uh, to people who understand it, much less people who don't. (laughs) And um, the thought is the main canon events happen on what's called Earth Prime. Or I think they might have changed it to a different Earth at this point. I don't know. I can't keep up. But there are theoretically infinite universes with different Earths and different things that happen. So these books all follow events on Earth 1, where it's, you know, similar characters, but maybe they have different mannerisms, or, you know, if if one event had gone differently, what could have happened? Um, 
Oh, that's a that's one right there. If one event has gone differently, what would happen? Flashpoint. Flashpoint, yeah. How have we not recommended Flashpoint? It's so good. Flashpoint, again, was a, a Jeff Johns book that started off the new fifty two. It, it did. was the uni- mm-hmm. it was the universe reset for DC. And the easy way to talk about it, it's a flash centric book. Uh Barry Allen goes back in time and saves his mom from being killed when he was a child. So the whole rest of the book is the ramifications of that action and just kind of the the butterfly effect, if you will, of that. So that's not even an honorable mention. That's absolutely, I would recommend that book. It's so good. My last honorable mention is Superman Red Sun, uh, which I'll let you borrow. Have you? Did you ever read it? I have, but it was a while ago, and I want to read it again because are we eventually going to do a, a book-to-movie review for that one? I would love to. Uh, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, because Red Sun is um, it's a what if kind of uh, book where it says, okay, what if Superman didn't land in Kansas but landed in Soviet Union, Russia? It's very interesting, very fascinating story. Then the ending too was really cool as well because it, it just it's kind of a mind bender. You're like, whoa, that's crazy. I, I recommend that one as well. But, but again, we are just two guys with two opinions. That's right. Two sets, of, two sets of opinions, really. We had more than one opinion each. If there's a run or a book that you've loved and you want to reach out to us, um, I know we already did the where you can find us, but reach out to us. Let us know what we missed. Um, if it's something we haven't read, something you think we would like, let us know. You know, we're we're open to it. We might even review it on the pod if that's something that you wouldn't be afraid of i know i'd yep. be i'd be scared of that i'd be scared to recommend like hey this is my favorite book uh please don't hate me uh which is a reflection <laughs> of me as a person please don't destroy it right that's that's definitely a reflection of of me as a as a listener so yeah. if you have something you would like us to to read watch listen to uh let us know we're we're very open to that, I would say. Again, I don't like talking for both of us, but I'm I'm confident that that's accurate. Very much so. And uh, this guy who asked this question, he reached out to me a few weeks ago and just kind of mentioned that. Responded and said, yeah, for sure, we can talk about that kind of stuff. Because he's got a busy life, and he's got a family, and he's got a lot going on. So he was like, what do I read? Tell me, tell me what I should uh, take a look at. So yeah, I hope you the, enjoyed it. At the it. end of the day... At the end of the day, my answer to that is if it's a character you like, find the best reviewed book for that character. Because if I'm over here recommending Batman books and you hate Batman, then those are all bad recommendations. So again, those were my opinions, things that I like. Those were Jay's opinions, things that Jay likes. I but if have, you I have, have no a, problems. I mean, if you have a specific character that you want us to review, drop us that character and say, hey, tell us, tell us more about this person. We may not know a lot, but we will research it, look at it, try to figure out what's the best, maybe even take a look ourselves, try to read some of it, uh, and then we can get back to you on the show. Sometimes it is a little bit more niche, though, because like my sister loves the, the Gambit character. So Gambit had oh, a right. run a little bit ago, but it's very hard to find extended runs of Gambit. Yeah, or, exclusively um, another, Gambit. Another good friend of mine is a really big fan of Nightcrawler and Daredevil, not together because that's a really weird pair, but independent. She She's a big fan of Nightcrawler and a big fan of Daredevil. So I would be, I'm actually going to run over to her house for some of this afternoon. So I would be interested to see her opinion on your, your recommendation. So maybe she'll, maybe she'll reach out to us. She's a, a fan of the show as well. I found out. So yeah, that'd be great. Just let us know my personal opinion. Uh, Marvel Netflix Daredevil is the best Daredevil. And I will welcome the debate that I'm wrong because I'm not an expert. So that's my contentious statement to end the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear. Uh, and we would love to hear it. You can follow me on Instagram. The nerd is underscore in for all my personal stuff. John, I know you have... A few things as well. I do. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch um, at jmuller8332. Uh, I shared a picture of my dog this this morning. No, that's precious. No, it was, it was last night before I went to bed. They got groomed yesterday, and Champ got the senior discount. And I'm not emotionally ready for that. 
Oh, he's growing up so fast. I just it's it's shocking to me. We've we've had them almost three years. So it's like, man, he's he's getting old and I don't want him to get old. Yeah. Dogs. Anyway. They're a yeah, joy. I'm, I'm gonna get sad. So we should we should end the show. Lo- love is sad. a warm puppy. Well thank you guys for listening to another episode. Uh we can't wait for stuff to come back into theaters and whatnot but until then you can hear all of our random thoughts about old stuff so uh and then we've also got mandalorian now which is exciting uh it's been a little glimmer of hope in 2020 but uh we will check check back in with us in two weeks to hear more random stuff yeah i can't really debate that is the problem (laughs) but until then nerd out Thank you for listening to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we would love to hear from you. You can reach the show by email at theydidn'taskus at gmail.com. Whether you just discovered our podcast or have been a long-time listener, if you enjoy what we are doing, please take a moment after the show, give us a review, and also give us a rating. Tune in next time to hear more random nerdy thoughts and opinions from your new favorite podcast.